Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Here's to 2022. It can't be any worse than 2021 and 2020, hopefully. But maybe it will. But hopefully it won't. This is a special episode of The Point of Everything. It's not a best of. It's not any wrap-up of the year. This is an interview that I recorded with the legendary Cormac Begley at It Takes a Village Festival in September not very time sensitive so I held on to it for a little bit a little bit longer than I expected to so giving it to you in this betwixtmas times in between Christmas and New Year's where nobody knows what day it is nobody knows what they're up to uh slightly worrying time with Covid so hopefully this will soothe some of you really enjoy talking to Cormac this was recorded outside so there's a little bit of atmosphere one might call it little bit of wind interference some others might call it but you can hear people laughing in the background and uh, other atmospherics like that it was recorded pretty much at the same bench I think maybe one bench up from where I talked with house plants you can find that in the TPOE archives if you would like but it was a nice sunny Sunday afternoon Cormac had played the previous afternoon at it takes a village really really lovely set but he's always great he's just such a a quintessential festival act I think at this time if you've never seen him at a festival like put that on your things to do in 2022 yes festival season will be back it'll just put you in a good mood he'll teach you a lot of good things as well as we mentioned in the chat the crowd at it takes a village for his show was quite raucous uh some people had maybe not gone to sleep on the Friday nights (laughs) but it was uh, everybody was there with him during his set like what he'll do is he'll play a song and then he'll tell you things about it or what's coming up uh, in between but there were people like putting their hands up asking questions like genuinely really really interested in like learning something about his concertina or about what the story is about and that's kind of what all of his festival sets are like just people genuinely happy to be there and enjoying being taken on a journey and watch the segue he takes us on a journey during this conversation as well we learn about beauty his camper van we learn about what he studied in college we learn about the beauty of the session as well and playing with other musicians as i say it's not very time sensitive listen to it in your leisure whenever you want and Hopefully, we'll see Cormac more uh, in 2022. He was at the Busk uh, with the big legends of Irish music. Over Christmas, you might have seen that. We'll play a little bit of O'Neill's March that was recorded as part of the Other Voices Courage series in 2020. Um, Cormac, as he says towards the end of the chat, hopefully has a new album coming out early in 2022. So really looking forward to hearing that. But let's take a listen to O'Neill's March and get into the interview that was again recorded at It Takes a Village Festival. What a, fa- what, what a weekend, really, really magical weekend. You'll hear about one or two other things that happened uh, then over the course of the next half hour as well. But this is O'Neill's March, Cormac Begley on the point of everything. Happy New Year. <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
we were talking last night I was saying that your between song banter is great like you know people would almost just go for that let alone the music itself and I was saying that uh, trad people you know people who play trad it's just like they have this storytelling thing in them but you don't think you were saying that uh, you don't really have that that much do you? Um, well I wouldn't say I've I have it naturally like um public speaking I remember in, I remember in school uh, public speaking or even in college speaking in front of people would like just get really nervous and shaking from <laughs> it it's not something I enjoy really to be honest but uh um but I I I, I suppose I've gotten more used to it now but I, I but I think it's very important um to maybe bring people in and maybe explain a bit about the music or like I try and explain a bit about the history uh, history of the music and maybe history of Ireland and maybe history of my instrument and mechanics of the instrument to um, just try and make it interesting and maybe share with them aspects of the instrument and parts of our culture that people may not know about and that they that I personally find interesting um because I'm I'm always learning uh, about my instrument and about um, about the music, like traditional music pieces that date back hundreds of years, and they were composed by people in historical contexts, and um, we have a very interesting history. So I, I, I try and I just try and bring stories in and not make it too serious either. Have a bit of a have a bit of crack as well. <laughs> yeah. The crack is the important bit, I think. Um, so how did you get better at talking? Was it just like through the performing and just being on stage that it, you just get more of an ease when you're on stage? Yeah, um, well, I for in 2009, I, I set up a concert series in Galway City called Tunes in the Church. Um, the St. Nicholas's Church there is just in the city centre. Um and the the rector at the time, Gary Hastings, a great flute player, um, invited me to use the space uh, to hold concerts. So when I was studying university, um, I set up uh, a series where I was running concerts uh, initially, maybe three nights a week, and it grew uh, to five nights a week and uh, during the summer months. And I guess I started off... I used to, like, Gary used to be kind of cringing at the back as I was quietly spoken, I guess, and very nervous and trying to speak in front of people. And um, I guess over over a few years of that, I, I, you'd want to have improved, like, but um, but as well as that, being on the other side, like, I, are, I, I set that up because I was interested in, in hearing some of my favourite musicians and, and meeting them and learning from them and um, I was always like really drawn to some people who were able to tie it in and to bring people into into the music because there's so many great musicians the, the, the concert series you'd have lots of um, local people um, music lovers attending the concert but also Americans and tourists and it was never really a tourist venture but like a, like a kind of a show like that or that I want, want to set up but more of a community thing but it's very interesting to see the people that were able to bring everybody in and uh, in, and to uh, engage people so 
So I guess yeah, I I I, I improved from watching people and learning from people, and um, from um, making loads of mistakes and <laughs> making niche of myself on loads of occasions. Wow! So it is kind of an active learning thing, just being able to to get to the level that you are now. Um, I I think so. Yeah, for, for me anyway. I know some people are maybe more well, definitely naturally, and um, maybe inclined to that. I'm like I'm wouldn't consider myself an extrovert or <laughs> that'd be probably more on the introvert side um although i'd have extrovert tendencies <laughs> at times but but yeah I, I i think some people just are very are natural for me i it's just something that that i've probably a bit more experienced at now i enjoy it now like for the most part i, I often get nervous before and but i do i i, I enjoy it i learn to enjoy it more i think yeah, and the learning side of the gig as well is what's interesting. Like at the at the show at It Takes a Village yesterday, you had some people who were putting up their hands to ask questions after yeah. after um, <laughs> some little bits that you were explaining about the instruments. Uh, I mean, it must just be nice to just to be able to inform them about like this these instruments. Yeah, well, it, I love I love the way that people ask questions. Like, um, it, it just makes everything kind of fresher. Like, and you don't know like what's going to come. Like, if people ask like. And it's nice that people feel comfortable enough to be able to ask questions, um, and it kind of changes up for for me as well because like mm, you don't know what's going to come at you. Like like the festival yesterday was gas because it was kind of um, there's a wild kind of an energy yeah. in, in the tent. Like and it was a show at five pm, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if people had gone to bed on the Friday night. Like I'd say, some people were were powering on through to the other side. <laughs> It was, it was it was class it was like um like it's been so long it's been a while since we played to that type of audience as well because sometimes you might you might play to quieter and people people listening and some people mightn't engage that much some some audiences but yesterday was um was gas because like even behind the tent there was people kind of marching around outside the the perimeter and roaring and screaming it was like like uh like a tribe <laughs> running around <laughs> the, the village, but uh, but um, yeah, th- there's there's there was an there was a nice edge to it last night, and it, it kind of heightens your senses as well. Like, and sometimes when you're when you have that heightened sense, it's like it feels like it's like kind of a communal thing where everyone's kind of uh, on the on the same kind of a I don't know the same frequency or something. There's like. There's a there's a good buzz, and I definitely fed off that yesterday. Yeah, it seems like you've had a busy summer. You were saying that you've converted your van and traveling around the country doing gigs out of it. Yes, um, I've an I've an old um, Mercedes Benz 1979 uh, camper van that I bought January 2017. I've had it for the last few years. Um, it was 2018, maybe three years now, three and a half years, but. Um, I converted it maybe a year and a half ago. Um, During lockdown, at the start of lockdown, was it? Actually, just before, I sorry, maybe two years ago, just before before lockdown. And I kind of used it as a base. I was, I was studying, well, I was, I was kind of based out of UL campus. I was doing a postdoc there. And um, a camper van was parked on campus. And I just kind of converted so I'd have a, a base there. That well, I, was, I was kind of between gigs and going back to, going up to Dublin and West Kerry. It was a 
something that definitely suited my lifestyle. But um, but I've been doing concerts now for the past. Well, I think I started the first one last September. After the second lockdown, I did outdoor concert for maybe fourteen people. It was fifteen people were allowed outside, and that's kind of evolved to doing concerts in secret locations around around the country. So, kind of it's kind of like a kind of pop up concert series. I've asked people to sign up and subscribe on my website and um, I let them know where I'm going to be playing and I've been doing busy, very busy with that over the last few months I've been ended up doing a good few gigs in West Kerry as in Clare's ended up doing a gig in Daily Moon Park um, oh, right. Home of Bohemians uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and a few a few other places around the country um, kind of cow sheds and uh, down by piers and beaches and waterfalls and it's just like people find out on the morning the people who bought tickets find out in the morning where the concert's going to be so I let them I advertise maybe a 15 kilometer radius of a certain town and then they find out in the morning where the concert's going to be and it's usually somewhere really beautiful or, or uh, different so um yeah, so I've been I've been busy enough with that over the last while. It's it is weather dependent, um, <laughs> um, but I am looking into getting some kind of form of a tent that I can attach to Beauty, which is the name of the, yeah. the camper van. <laughs> so, what is it about um, like having the stage and taking it to different places that appeals to you? Is it just like the location adds to the music? Is is that a thinking behind it, or or is it that you're not a huge fan of playing like? traditional kind of venues uh well it's kind of necessity really there's no like we're only allowed like it's on things we're kind of only open up now that you can play in traditional venues but over the last year or so outdoors was the only show in town really um so a few reasons yeah just like for me it's i love going to different places and I ask people who've subscribed like where if they have any suggestions for beautiful places to play. So it's curiosity brings you to place. I guess um, it's nice to it's nice to travel around. It's nice to kind of go to the people like as well. Financially, I guess for 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 musicians as well. Like I couldn't be doing regular gigs in the same <laughs> town <laughs> every day. Like so, you can go to the people and um, go to different places around the country. And I saw that you were, you you met E-Vagabonds, did you, while they were doing their barge tour? I'm so interested that, like, everyone is finding these different um, stages to play in and to play on. Yeah, um, that was that was a great, that was a great gig. Um, we ended up in a place called Clundara outside Mullingar, I think, Westmead, a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, like, after the f- second lockdown, um, well, before the second lockdown, uh, I joined the Vagabonds on a music network tour, and we did. We were supposed to do ten gigs, but it, there's a sh- lockdown after the eighth gig, so we'd done a good few gigs together. Um, it was our first. It was kind of our first gig, I think, um, after lockdown, and it was we hadn't played together since then. That was probably September, October. Um, but it was great, great to join them on the barge. It was a class location they were delayed I think at um, by an hour I think and a lot of people were, were at the at the venue which is beside the bank oh, right, yeah. and the they, they were d- um, delayed because of the water levels oh the levels yeah. I think yeah 
and uh, I was gas. It was great to see them. Like they were like, I think Breen did a great job parking the barge with pressure of a hundred people watching them, and uh, it was all. It was just like all hands on deck, just tied up, and then everything was set up within, I'd say, ten fifteen minutes, and then off they went. Yeah, it was a lovely night. Just like kind of sunset is getting darker and darker over the course of the night and great great setup i i've only ever seen you play your solo stuff i haven't seen you play with other people but is that where is is are those the type of gigs that like you really do look forward to the kind of the you don't know what's going to happen next well i i would have started off playing more as a maybe a musician who played with other people so I would have played a lot various musicians like I think I'm doing a lot more solo now but I love playing duets or trios or, or bands and um, just having different conversations different different musicians I think it, it's a, it's a nearly different part of your brain or different skill to play with other people uh, and a different part of your brain or skill to play solo but I, I love the challenge of playing with with different musicians I've like I've learned so much from playing, probably more from playing with other musicians. And I've I kind of made it my business a couple of years ago just to play with people that, or contact people and reach out to people that I really admire and love to listen to. Um, I would love to play with. And then I kind of um, did a few tours of people like um, like Ru- Rushad Eggleston. I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of him. He's a cellist from California. He's an amazing musician. Would have played a lot, a lot of traditional musicians uh, including my father and would have been um, I'd like I'd say Jack Talty Parrot with Dunnacha um, Liam O'Connor Kevin O'Reilly more recently I guess playing with Lisa O'Neill and Eve Vagabonds but I do I, I, I do love sitting down and, and spending time with with, uh, with musicians and maybe I guess challenging myself and you're going to learn you learn. You're always learning from people that, um, in maybe, where their genres are a bit broader than your than your own, and it's kind of it kind of feels like sink or swim. Like you kind of have to, like you're going to be sh- showing up pretty quickly. Like if you don't put in the work, like it, it, sometimes it's kind of it's nearly maybe a bit. What I mean by that is like you can sometimes get into a rut and just play a lot of the same stuff or pl- play maybe in your comfort zone and I kind of I get I get bored of that pretty pretty quickly um, or easily and I think the music suffers then because you're not really alive in it or you're not you're not uh, at a higher um, I don't know I don't know it's intensity or, or commitment or something it's kind of like there's not I like I like when musicians are put stuff on the line like if they're if they're, if they're on the kind of t- they're walking a tightrope and you can sense that you know, when people people are, are kind of it's kind of live or die by the sword that type of thing if they take chances and I'd rather see someone take a chance and fall <laughs> and at least they tried rather than yeah. just kind of this kind of safety with a safety net um, so I think I think playing with people that are, are better than you and in different that play different type type of music and something that you maybe styles that you're not used to playing with or is is good in that as well as everything else. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What what you actually meant by like learning from other musicians? It, it is just that which you just explained, is it? Or is it also like they'll have a song that you haven't heard of or that you haven't played? Yeah, well, I would have grown up 
mainly playing uh, melody, uh, melody, old traditional tunes, and that's playing, playing with my father, playing with different different musicians growing up, different friends from all around the country, and it's all melody based. So for me to be playing or accompanying a song would be might sound strange, but it's it's that'd be something not that wouldn't have been that familiar with like a compliment style like um even though you'd be playing like my brother plays a compliment it's not something that I'd would have been that familiar with on the concertina to be accompanying uh, so to play with singers and different styles of music like Rashad Eggleston I d- definitely recommend people to check him out and he speaks his own language uh, sings his own like, writes his own poetry has developed his own style of music and and playing with playing with playing with singer songwriters yeah that's not something that i would have been too familiar with her so it's that kind of challenge and like that the stuff you learn through traditional music as well that you can apply to 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 the broader music world as well like there's a lot of like distilling of like traditional music some of those pieces of music and a lot of the um, approaches that like, have been distilled over hundreds of years they've stood test of time really and a lot of technical stuff and stuff maybe that uh, within the traditional music world maybe people just maybe take for take for granted and maybe the, the broader musical world or folk world or beyond that may not have heard or, or um <laughs> rambling again. Um what were you uh, doing in university? You you've finished you finished a post doctorate, was it in UL? Yeah, I I I did uh I completed a PhD in psychology uh, from NUIG Galway, um in the area of adolescent um mental health. Uh it's looking at the the stresses and expectations that are placed in boys uh, 13 to 19 year olds in Ireland and how that related to low self-esteem anxiety depression um, so I, I ended up I completed that I think in 2014 then I published a good part a good few sections of that and, and ended up getting a postdoc in, in UL two year position I, I did it for about a year and then other projects um, like came up music projects that felt like once in a lifetime project so I just I kind of deferred that to a later point so oh. you know, I, might, I might go back to that but I'm not really in a hurry to get back to it uh, at the moment so but yeah that's what I did Oh okay I was, I was wondering if you had studied music or anything like that at a university level or anything no? No I hadn't no um, I learned most of my music at home really learned from learned from my father and uh, from my friends just at sessions and from what I picked up and on in books and stuff like that but and YouTube videos and the likes but uh, and musicians mostly but um, yeah and it never stops like the the learning it just no. seems like all the time there's there's new stuff to discover new instruments to pick up absolutely yeah um, yeah and never stop learning and I hope I never stop learning I didn't realize until you see it up close and personal just how much of a full body effort it seems to be to to play the the concertinas you know like it's not just 
you know you're not just using your arms you're using like your full full body is it yeah like some of the heavier instruments like some of the, the deeper instruments like the the bass and baritone take a lot more uh, physicality than the the smaller and uh, more regularly played concertinas so yeah it does it does take like it's toll on the shoulders and the, the forearms um, and maybe it's just the my approach to playing as well is maybe sometimes a bit more physical but it requires some of those bigger instruments to get the sounds that like I like some of the um, and the intensity of it it does take it does take a lot more power and, and maybe strength to get um some of those sounds like this like the some of the lower notes on, on the bass like they only like to play them at speed the speed uh, that I play it uh, takes takes uh, a good bit of force uh, and consistent force to have all the notes kind of even enough in in volume stuff like the people comment on the, on the breath or the, the smack, smacking of the bellows or percussive elements on it again take it's a f- it's a physical thing, so a mixture between the the requirements of the instrument and what I'd like to uh, put across. Have you ever like not played music? Like, did you ever go through a period where you didn't feel like you were getting much out of it or anything like that? Or have you all like has there ever been a period where you stopped? Um, there was a pe- well, um, yeah. I, well, I was late starting. I didn't. I didn't really start playing to my maybe mid to late teens. All oh, right. Um, yeah. Like you didn't learn any instrument when you were when five my, or eight. Or well, there's always instruments around the house, and my, like my father's a musician, singer, and he'd often have uh, musicians over, and there's always music in the house, and uh, instruments in the house, whistles and accordions, and like I could I could play one or two tunes on the whistle or the accordion or concertina but I was never really drawn to it at the time um, which thankfully it's not the case anymore like at school it wasn't really uh, a cool thing to do <laughs> to be playing traditional music and I didn't really have much interest in, in playing music I always loved music and different types of music but playing it wasn't something I was drawn to doing like my father was doing it and I kind of saw that kind of lifestyle and maybe it's just a yeah it wasn't something I was really wanted to do really I started I picked up the concertina then 16, 17 my cousins had a big influence on me and my my brother as well and I just ended up going to college and meeting McHugh's from Mayo and the Mungans and um, lots of musicians around Galway City and then I just got really really addicted to it then I just I just played the whole time um, I kind of felt that the music spoke to me in a way that other things didn't really speak to me at the time um, I, uh, like it was able to explain parts of me that I couldn't put words on so that's how I kind of that was hearing uh, Mary McNamara and a track with Martin Hayes on her album I just remember having it on repeat I think it was track 6 and it kind of um, it really got me into it. I n- I never really started playing to, to play in front of people or anything like that. It was more just for myself. Um, I remember being put on the spot a few times, like at different sessions and uh, festivals that I'd go to just to to learn. Um, but being put on the spot because of my surname. 
people would be like, oh, that's Bailey, young Bailey, he'll play a tune. And then, like, I remember crashing and burning a few times and resenting that I'd be put on the, the spot like that. So, and yeah, it was more, more like, I think I felt, uh, for me, it was kind of more kind of a personal or, or a emotional thing just for myself and and I love playing with other people and connecting with people like that but um, and then later on it, it just kind of evolved into playing reluctantly recording and then maybe appreciating the value of it more maybe and kind of ended up evolving to do what I'm doing now So when uh, I won't keep it too much longer when you're at a session now and there was a nice one last night um, Mary Wallopers John Francis Flynn uh, Alton Alton O'Brien is it? Alton O'Brien, yeah. sorry. Um, uh, Ian from Lancome was around as well. And then you you turned up, I think, as well at, yeah. in the middle of the night. So if if you're put on the spot at a session now, like, what, like, do you have, like, a couple of tunes that you just know well and that will work off? Like, or, or are you kind of, like what you mentioned earlier, kind of looking for that moment where, you know, you might still crash and burn, but you want to try try out something? Yeah. Like what? What is it that you're looking for uh, when you're playing at a session like that? Um, I guess it depends on who's around. Like, like I'd know like if Alton was there or John that there's like the certain tunes that we'd, we'd share a repertoire of certain tunes that um, mightn't um, mightn't have played for a long time. You kind of go with the flow. That it. like it's kind of like I I it's not like you wouldn't want to be doing like doing a solo that you practice or when you played <laughs> on stage but like it, it depends you kind of feed off who's around and um might be people people in the sessions you'd lo- love to play with and um are you kind of go with it because like in those sessions just by nature like anything can happen really and but it's kind of like we had a great few moments last night it's just like this kind of communal thing everyone's kind of locked in i was great 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 energy off it um and it's those moments you kind of you're going for it's it's kind of like that it's kind of a, a meditative thing it all depends on the the musicians are that are around like it take it only takes one to to ruin the vibe <laughs> <laughs> really like but uh uh but when it's when it's working it's working and th- there that's kind of what people are after like when people go to festivals and and meeting musicians it's that that kind of that kind of locked in feeling where you're you're not really in your you're not in yourself you're not thinking about stuff you're just kind of like maybe floating a bit or you're kind of hovering a bit together that yeah. is that feeling like um so that's what I'm, what I'm after and by by any means <laughs> like I'll, I'll like uh, I'll just go with the flow to try and try and get that and and most more often than not you don't reach that but that's the that's the goal and when it happens it's great yeah I, l- I love hearing like musicians talk about the session because I just think that there's something that you have that like even as an audience member you d- you know like I can appreciate it like I really really love what I'm seeing but I think that there's a connection between all of the players that like I'll I'll never be able to to feel or relate to so I love hearing do you think yeah I don't know I, just because you... like uh, you know I just I played a little bit of an instrument when I was in my mid-teens but like I have no connection with trad music up until like a decade ago sort of thing you know once the gloaming started coming through and then you have all of these other bands like Lancome and it's just through them that like you're delving into it and then yesterday like just watching Ian from Lancome just playing uh, 
like six or eight minute long track with like 10 verses or however many more verses it's just I don't know I thought it was awe inspiring that you know you can have people at two o'clock on a Saturday night at a festival just all quiet down and just watch I thought it was really really magic and I think it's really hard to I don't know to to feel what the musicians are feeling yeah maybe yeah like the listener is so important like like you play in different you play in different rooms you play in different contexts and if you know that there's a good listener or somebody that feels uh, or you think that they're feeling what you're doing or what the musicians are doing it really kind of it ups your I don't know maybe it, you're, you're doing it for them or you're doing it for yourself for them as well it's so it's it's really important, like, um, and there are people that uh, there's a lot of people that just well the traditional music circle. I'm sure it's in every every genre, but they go around especially like you can you can you can nearly see them like <laughs> you know it's like you know the ones that are just that 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 get that feel it like and and that's so important I think for for musicians and maybe they don't get enough acknowledgement from like but it's them that kind of spur people on like um um and yeah and it's great what Ian's doing as well because like Ian playing at Lancome and the gloaming like they've they've really um broadened the base for people and maybe the access point into traditional music and Ian's going a step further as well by with his with his work, introducing people to some of the people that would have influenced them, uh, Lancome and and the gloaming and shining a light on on artists from Ireland going back generations that um, may not like in the broader context of society people may not have heard so um, so credit to him like and, and 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 to them for opening up those kind of channels for people to delve deeper into and to explain as well like like the value of 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 the music and traditional music um and i don't even like in the word traditional like it kind of boxes it but it's like it's a world music and there's nearly more people playing it outside of ireland than in Ireland. What are you um, up to now over the next coming weeks and months? Is it just travelling the country, seeing where the road takes you? Well, over the next few months, I've I've just recorded a bass concertina album um, in Dingle. I recorded that over the last few months uh, with Donna Hennessy in a studio in Burnham in Dingle. And my plan is to, to release that in January. Um, just to... Um, so I'll be doing that and I might, I'll... I'm recording a an online course as well um, for for musicians. I'm recording that in October, so I'm pretty 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 busy for the next few months. Thankfully, great, great. Well, listen, thanks a lot. We've uh, been sitting out here, sunning it up and squinting and trying to <laughs> see each other, but uh, that was great. Thanks a million for chatting. Uh,